Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for another opportunity to come before your throne of grace and to learn just that much more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, J.R. the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, arise up big inside of me. Father, place your words upon my lips, proclaiming your word of truth, teaching us exactly what it is that we need to know. For, Father, you know our needs, and you meet those needs. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do, and it's these things that we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, y'all. For Bible study tonight, I, I had a very interesting thought. And one of those things that, you know, we typically, as a community, talk about is being blessed to be a blessing. But oftentimes, I feel that we forget that sometimes we benefit from those who have been blessed to be a blessing. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting God to bless us so that we can help others. That is definitely the the godly mindset and the godly godly heart set to have. But I would just like to, you know, take a moment and pay homage to the Lord and all the people that he has really used to just bless us and bless our lives. And it stems from some self-reflection that, you know, I've been having personally. And there, there's no real particular set of scriptures that I just outright want to share because there are so many that I can think of that would, you know, benefit and through research that would really just help lend a hand to this. So whatever God leads me to, to share with you scripture wise, I definitely will. But I want to just start off by, <clears throat> by saying that God is truly good, that when he decided before there was a win to set a plan in motion to give his life for yours and for mine. When he decided that he would go ahead and take our burdens and lay them down for us on the cross. When he decided that we were worth his love. I really thank God for that because the kind of love that God has for us, the agape love, it's a love that even as we continually walk with God, no matter how long we walk with him on this earth, it's something that sometimes it's just really hard to comprehend because we know where self stands and self sometimes, according to our own standards, after looking and the and the righteous mirror of liberty, as as Granny would say, is that you know we don't deserve a lot of the good things that we have, 
But I thank God that we're justified in the sense that he was the one that justified us. There's a song by Smokey Norville that talks about that exact thing. It's called Justified. And he shares in scripture that one day on the Sabbath that Jesus was with his disciples and that they were in the field picking wheat because they were hungry. And when the Pharisees and Sadducees came and saw what was going on, of course, they began to persecute them because they were working on the Sabbath, which was prohibited by law at the time. And what Smokey said is the thing that really stood out to me. It's that as the disciples picked and, you know, got their fill and were going to prepare to go have lunch or supper or whatever later, the entire time, Jesus is the only one speaking to the persecutor. It's something that's so beautiful about this because it was at that moment for us to see that Jesus was fulfilling his role as being our Lord, being our first line defense, being our mediator, being our all in all, being the everything that we absolutely need him to be. So now we're the ones benefiting from the blessed one himself. And it's throughout this life that we get blessed and, you know, we go bless another person. That the thing about being blessed, it doesn't mean money. It doesn't mean something monetary that we can part ways with. But in most cases, it means time and wisdom. Something I've learned from just studying my grandmother, studying my aunts, my uncles, my parents, and doing my very best to take the scripture and to put it in a practical usage is that the thing God invests in us the most is his time. Now, of course, God has unlimited time. He has unlimited everything. But the thing that matters most to us is the time that we spend with God. The more time we spend with God, the less we react and the more we respond to things. We stop we stop ourselves from being so obsessed with the right thing to do. And instead, we find ourselves concerning over what is the godly thing to do. I know the right thing to do in a lot of situations. I know my rights because of what the laws say. I know my rights because of what it means to be a good person. But when it comes down to the godly thing to do, it's usually the exact opposite of what we think we know. And the thing that I love about that is, is that the more time we spend with God, the more easy it is to want to do the godly thing because we're feeding our spiritual man your earthly body that according to scripture requires food and sleep and water and rest it's perfectly fine you need it to keep going so you can keep doing the work that god has set before you to do but in order to do that work we don't just need to take care of body we need to take care of spirit Spirit requires ample time with God. It requires food, which is the word of God. It requires water, which is Jesus himself, because he is the living water. It requires rest. Well, God is our place of rest. 
it requires patience. The thing that the New Testament just vehemently stresses to us because we need patience more than anything else. We need it. We need it to be patient with one another. We need it to be able to continue to trust God's plan for our life, even when to us we feel it's not moving at the proper speed. But God's timing is a perfect timing. It's not about when we want the thing to happen. It's about when God knows the thing needs to happen. There have been so many times in my short life so far where I felt I was ready for something. But then when I actually got the thing much later on, I realized I would have wasted the opportunity. One of the things that changed for me very recently, and this is what I mean about benefiting from someone that God has placed in our community to bless us, it's that it really isn't about self. My, My grandmother, who's been like a mother to me my whole life, my friends that are like brothers, my munchkins that are just little brothers and sisters to me, Everyone in my life that God has blessed me to have has blessed me in a very special way that have that has been answering prayers that I've had for self to not be so stubborn, to not be so short, to not be so numb or temperamental or judgmental or, you know, just to not be so cold, but to actually be more compassionate because the Bible expressly tells us that. If we claim we love God, but don't love our brother or our sister, or our neighbor, then we are lying just flat out. We're not telling the truth because to have relationship with God is to have love and God's love supersedes the issues that we as people have. We're saved, but we still make mistakes. We still mess up. We still sin. But what God does is that his love, as the scriptures say, love covers the multitude of sin. Meaning it just doesn't cover one thing, but it covers the entire span of it. Those days where we don't want to read or pray because we're too tired, too sleepy, too whatever. Those times where we go off on one another because we've had a long day or a long week or we're still stressing out about some old situation or we're allowing the past to creep up on us. And now we're taking out our frustrations on someone who has nothing to do with it or we, you know, we we try to keep secrets from one another because we still have trust issues or whatever it may be. Well, God's love covers that multitude of everything. God's love is the thing that allows us for when we do mess up with one another to go before them and to ask for forgiveness, that when we confess our sins one to another, as the Bible says, it's not that we're gossiping. It's that so we can better understand how to pray one for another, that literally everything that God allows us to go through in this life is simply to help build the trust in him, to help wane our dependence or wean our dependence, excuse me, off of the resources and put them in the source who is the sole keeper of everything that we have, want, and need, and more so to truly emulate our Savior, Jesus, 
to be more like him in one another's life. I've been blessed with so many different people that I've named who have helped me along my journey in these short 26, almost 27 years now. And it's really helped me to see that God is truly, truly good, that he'll use the least likely of things that we would think of in order to get better. As someone who for a very long time did not truly enjoy the company of other people, I'm just going to tell on self, God, to answer my prayers, chose fit to make me a minister, someone who has to interact with other people. In order to further push that point home so it wouldn't just be, all right, ministerial time, let's interact and let's go back into a shell, has blessed me to be a mentor, to be all these different things to different people and vice versa so that we can have active relationship. And what that does is, is that when God pushes you out of a place of comfort, you have to conform to his will. See how that works there? We're told not to conform to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that only happens when we allow God to change our perspective on how things are supposed to go down. Well, in this instance of being the recipient, well, yes, the the recipient of someone who's blessed to be a blessing to you, it's the simple fact that you'll see these changes in your life that you've been begging God for, right? And that when they finally happen, when everything finally starts to fall into place, you see these miraculous changes. The first of which for me, and I'll just name a few, some of the most impactful ones in my life, especially in the past few years. I'll start with my with granny, right? Granny has been there for me through thick and thin. And it has helped me to understand that God truly has your back. Because if not for her, I probably honestly would not even believe that there is a God. But having seen all the things that she's endured, all the things that she puts up with, that she sacrifices, the prayers, the countless hours spent in the presence of God, and to see how miraculous God is, well, there has to clearly be a God. Because to go through every single storm in your life and to have an eye of a storm or to have a place of peace, a place of comfort, because that's all the eye of a storm is, that has to be God. For my brothers that God has blessed me with, friends that I've met along the way that are closer to me than that, that have become literal family, and to just see the impact that they've made on me, but vice versa, you know? Of course, God has placed us together and in certain cases with a, with a few of them where God used me to help introduce them to him. It's in their own growth and in our brotherhood and our communion where God has used them to bless me to not be so bullheaded, so stubborn, so cold, but to be more understanding, more open minded, to be more you know, reciprocating of the love that God has placed inside. And then with with my little ones that God has blessed me with, 
I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't even know where to start there, but I, I'll simply say this. When God blesses you with someone that looks up to you, it is such a different standard that you begin to hold yourself to because you really begin to see, you know what, God, that this life, and I already know you told me, it's really not about me. It's about you. And of course, the blessings that you give me are, of course, to, to benefit me. But as one of Kirk Franklin's songs, uh, I believe it's just for me, the blessings that we're given, they're not just for us. They're there to help expand to our community. We get blessed with some knowledge, some insight, some some wealth, some resources, some connections, whatever. We're blessed to help give them out to help others. The Bible talks about teaching us to be fishers of men. And as the quote, as the old saying goes, you know, you feed a man, you give a man food, you feed them for a day. But you teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Well, in the same way, <clears throat> you tell somebody about God, right? You feed them for that moment. But when you teach them how to have relationship with God, well, then you feed their spirit for the remainder of their days. As someone who's been blessed to, to be a mentor, to be a, a big brother, to be a guide, let me just tell you and let me just thank God that when you see the change in, in someone who looks up to you's life, not necessarily the way that they view you, because of course, as you grow in relationship with anybody, your bond deepens. But when you see the change in their life in terms of how they interact, how they respond instead of react, how they treat God and how they treat other people. It's a blessing that I've come to see. You can't really put a price tag on it. It's the best way I can describe it. But aside from that, when, and as the Bible says, out of the mouths of babes, you know, the little ones end up leading the way because the Bible tells us that to come before God is to humble yourself like a little child. And when the ones that you've been helping bless in that capacity start helping change your life in a major way, well, I understand now from my, my granny, from my parents, from my aunts and uncles who always encourage me in the Lord to say, keep doing what you're doing because I've been helped. I get it now for real, for real. Because... <clears throat> It's just, it's something different when you clearly hear God out of the mouth of someone who is younger than you, not beneath you, but just younger than you, you know, I always tell my little sister all the time, baby, the only thing that's different between me and you is 12 years. That, that's about it. That, that's the biggest difference between most of us in most cases, you know couple of years that we've had extra to live the difference in those few years is that we've had a little extra time to spend with God 
We've had a little extra time to deal with this thing called life. We understand it just a little bit better, but it's not something that we lord over one another. It's something that we use to help pass pass wisdom down. And when that wisdom gets passed down, And then the one that you're giving it to turns around and gives you something profound that you know can only proceed from the mouth of God. Well, that's what it's all about. This life's journey is all about us spreading God's love, right? I just finished a a, a two week lesson plan with my little sister about that. And the lesson ends in saying that worship comes from a place of love and the the greek word for it well the hebrew word for it and we talked about this maybe a few years ago is proskunio which means to kiss a kiss comes from a place of deep love admiration and joy when we worship god we perform the act of kissing god like how a child would give their parent a kiss on the cheek or the forehead, you know, just to say, I really love you and I appreciate you. Well, that's what worship is. It comes from a place of joy. We worship God because we're joyful. We worship God because we're thankful. And most importantly, we worship God because we love God. God's love is the thing that fulfills us. It sustains us. It keeps us. It pushes us through to the next day. It pulls us off the ground when we feel like we're at the bottom of the barrel. It helps us to keep going forward when our nerves are bad and we're ready to curse whoever out or fight or just call it a quit. It's the thing that helps us to get through because we know, according to scripture, that no weapon formed against us can prosper. That if we're in need, if we're anxious, if we're messed up, if we're hurting, if we're just whatever, then we can go to God with anything because the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing but to pray about everything. And that when we pray, when we go before God, that he will give us peace, which surpasses all understanding. And that as we've gone and received that peace, which surpasses anything that we can comprehend, we can focus our mind on those things that are good and just and true and holy and pure, right? All the things that are godly, things that pertain to Jesus, right? His will, his way, his majesty, his everything. And that as we begin to focus on those things, then what happens? The God of peace himself, Jesus, will be right there in the midst of whatever situation we're with. So once again, we find ourselves benefiting from the one that is blessed to be a blessing. God, as we talked about last week and so many other times, looked at his divinity and thought nothing of it to hang on to, but instead decided that we were worth saving. So he became blessed in our eyes to take up our sin, to bear it on that cross so that we might have a chance to live. Now, when all of us who are called Christians get saved, and have relationship with God, we can spread the love, spread the wisdom, spread the knowledge that to be blessed, to be a blessing is great because the Bible says it is far better to give than it is to receive. But in this one instance, let's just talk about receiving, that it is truly wonderful to receive what it is that you need from God 
the relationship with our community, that it is truly a blessing to have people in your life that you can call and depend on, not because we're leaning on one another in human understanding, but because we're leaning on God's love that we know resides in that other person. That, as I shared earlier today, when sometimes you feel like nobody in this world cares about you, always remember that God does. It's something I struggle with from time to time. It's an irrational thing of mine, just based off of some old childhood trauma. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that the people in my life that God has blessed me with, that are centered around me, that hold me up when I'm weak, that pray for me when I'm ailing, that have my back through thick and thin, that they love me the way God loves me. Yeah, we're people. We're not perfect. We'll get on each other's nerves. We might not talk sometimes here and there just because so we can cool down. But because God's love is the foundation, we receive the benefit of the doubt of being able to say, hey, I was in the wrong. I'm sorry. Or I know we haven't talked in a while, but are you all right? I've been praying for you. I've been feeling you out. And I just wanted to make sure that you were okay. The beautiful thing about God's love and I'll end it here is that regardless of what happens, excuse me, that regardless of what happens, we're good. God's love has been keeping us afloat since we all messed up in the Garden of Eden. It's kept everyone afloat throughout the multiple generations between Adam through everyone to David and from David on down to Jesus. And after Jesus gave his life, even though this world is crazy and has a lot going on that we just don't agree with, God's love still has us afloat because it gives the unsaved person an opportunity to get saved. Just like we've had, it gives us the saint opportunity to understand where we fell short and then to be able to move past it with God, because everything that we do in this life is with God. When we grow, it's with God. When we hurt, it's with God. When we're upset, sad, depressed, angry, mad, it's all with God. It's a reminder that no matter what goes on in your life, it's with God. You're never alone. So to say that God doesn't understand is honestly funny because he's been through it all with you. He's going through it all for you and he's using everything that he allows to happen in your life as a point of testimony so that the person who may not be as strong as you in certain areas can hear how God got you through so that they would be courageous enough to just trust him, let it go and move forward. Because we as people, our biggest weakness that we all suffer with is the disbelief. That disbelief that can keep us from getting our blessing, which is probably right around the corner or right through that door that we've been too afraid to walk through because we can't let go of the past or we can't let this person go or we can't let this opportunity leave because we fear there won't be something better. Well, let me put some ease to that irrationality right there. God always has better. We just have to be crazy enough to trust him. Me and my brother, Broderick Core, who's on the line right now with us, we both and almost every situation that we talk about usually go through the exact same issue, just in a different 
a somewhat tweaked, you know, differentiation just to fit our lives. But what happens is, is that when we share what's been going on, we always come to the same point. Maybe, just maybe, God needs us to trust him a little bit more. Maybe, just maybe, we need to take whatever it is that we've been stressing out about and let it go. In most cases, usually nine out of 10 cases that you'll deal with in life, there isn't a single thing you personally can do about it except stress and stress and get you nowhere. But when you really say, you know what, God, you've got it. Or you know what? I don't care anymore. God, I just want what you have for me. Then we see that things begin to change for a good while. I was very broke, just broke. Like, you know, that looks nice, but I'm broke for a good while. You know, paycheck would come in, go straight to bills, back to being broke. It was wonderful. Let me tell you how good it was to you know, kind of dip into that little depression pool. But let me tell you how good God is. When you have these people who I've mentioned in your life and then you begin to see, you know what, God, it's really not about me. It's about you. And it's about what I can do for my family that you've blessed me with. Things begin to change. I applied to maybe three, 400 jobs within the past year and a half. I heard back from a few, all pyramid schemes, the rest, you know, just something completely stupid and I want nothing to do with a few scams here and there. But then one, re- one reaches out, one that I don't even remember applying to. And the same thing happened for Broderick. Someone that he had applied for and got the job with, but never hit him up until like four or five years later, because this is how God works, right? We go through these things to remove the desire for selfish needs and instead have God's desire for family oriented needs instilled inside of us when it stops becoming me, 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 and instead them, them, them then that's when a lot of things begin to change. Because when your heart is purified, well, it's not too hard to get some prayers answered. The book of James tells us that we have not because we ask not. And that even when we do ask, we don't get what we're asking for because it's coming from a selfish heart. We cannot pray selfishly. It's okay to pray for yourself, to ask God to send some resources, to give you some money if you're broke. But the thing is, what are you going to do when you get the things that you're asking God for? Are you going to keep it to you? Are you going to hoard it up and, you know, let it waste away like the parable Jesus told about what good is it for someone to gain everything on the earth and then lose your soul? Okay, great. This is your heaven then. And this heaven sucks, if we're going to be honest. But the heaven that Jesus promises, which was the verse of the day, is a place where he is. And that's where we ought to want to be. So I'll simply say this. It's that let's be more appreciative and grateful for the people that God has really blessed in our lives. Let's Stop taking one another for granted, you know, and I'm not saying you personally are in this moment. 
I'm simply saying if we feel like it, let's not get there. Let's thank God and really thank him for everything that he does, that he's done and that he's going to do. Let's, as my brother loves to say, let's give one another our roses now. Because if we've truly been there for each other in a godly capacity, then why not simply say thank you or just do something? Because I've come to see it doesn't take much to make a person feel appreciated. Just say hi, check on them, let them know you love them, give them something special here and there. But most of all, and I I truly will end here with this, let's keep giving one another love. Not the worldly love that stipulates uh, upon having to meet some requirements, but real godly love that says, I just love you because you deserve the love. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. It's just here for you so that when you're going through, you can lean on me that When you're happy, we can be happy together. When you're sad, we'll be sad together, just like the Bible says. But most of all, when you need prayer, we'll pray together. If there's a need that can be met and we have it, let's meet each other's needs because it's the godly thing to do. And it's what the Bible says to be quick to bless one another, especially one of the brethren. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for being blessed to be a blessing, Lord. But God, we also thank you for being recipients of the blessings of those who have been blessed. That God, it doesn't take honestly that much for a change to be made in our lives because after studying your word, we've learned about the iota, Father, that it takes the tiniest, the littlest of steps, the smallest of actions, just the, a slight change in the way we think about things to make some of the biggest improvements in our lives that we never thought possible because all of it stems from trusting in you, from saying, you know what, I could do this, but God would be a whole lot happier if I just do this instead. That all we have to do is acknowledge you in all of our ways to make the 1% effort of putting foot forward. And then you would do the 99% rest, God, that you would meet us exactly where we are and carry us exactly where it is that we need to be. So for that, Father, we simply say thank you that, Lord, if there's anyone out there who's listening or will listen that doesn't know you, we simply ask that they would get to know you in the way that we do, Father, that they would understand that you not only are God, but you want to be their friend, their father, their mother, their brother, their sister, their doctor, their lawyer, their all in all, that you want to be their everything. Well, Father, I ask that you would touch their heart and that you would place them in a peculiar situation to where you are their only option, just like you were for us, so that they can come out of this world and come into your blessed kingdom, Lord Jesus. Father God, we love you. We thank you. And we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, 
I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. Thank you.